come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. Hey everybody, welcome to a bonus episode of 90s Disney where we have a very special interview with Diz Twitter's favorite singer, Tammy Tucky has joined us on the show everybody. Welcome Tammy. Oh, I'm sh- I'm shocked. You're making me giggle and laugh and blush over here. I'm a favorite Diz sing- Diz Twitter singer. Oh, I love it. Thank you for having me, AJ. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello, Thanks everybody. for coming on. So Tammy, oh, it's, you know, oh, it's a pleasure. Good. So we've uh, we were just talking about before we got started, but we've been kind of interacting with uh, with each other on Twitter. I, I, gosh, since I found your first album, I think how, how long ago? When did when did it come out? The first album? That was five years ago. Can you believe? Oh that? my gosh, <laughs> that's insane! I know. So long that's, ago. So, that's the that's the before times, before the pandemic and everything. That feels like uh, ancient history at this point. I know, but, right? Oh my gosh, wild, but, crazier times, happier yes. times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> simpler times for sure simpler times yes but we are celebrating because you have uh just last week released your second album glowing in timeless places so That's congratulations cool. on that that's super rad it's a phenomenal album we're going to talk a lot more about that later in the show oh um, thank you i'm excited i'm so thrilled so uh, I figured we start a conversation today, you know, back at the to the uh, beginning, since that makes the most sense. Uh, I know you and your family have been kind of avid Disney folks for a long time since you were a little kid. But tell me a little bit about how, you know, your parents uh, started taking you to Disney and kind of how you fell in love with Disney. Well, I think uh, one of our good friends said, hey, I'm taking my son down to Disney and do you guys want to come? Because I was just like one and a half and we were like around the same age. I was like a little bit younger. And um, and my parents said yes. And probably that was the best decision they made in my entire life because <laughs> it's like set the steamroll effect of, um, you know, just it, it, like everything has been Disney for our family. So we've been going since 1998. and we have gone like twice a year, you know, for years and years. And and my family, we just, we love going to the parks and enjoying the magic that comes from being there and spending time with the cast members and the characters. It's just been, you know, uh, it's always a joyous time for us when we go there. So the inspiration for the first album, You'll Find Me on Main Street, was was very much, the song choices were very much from that time, that era, that those first like five couple of years that I was in the th- the theme parks and uh, from the music that I had heard, even when I was at home on cassette tape and CD, when that became a thing and just a very happy time in our life. And we love going back. So, you know, it, it's been, it's been interesting. We've been in- introducing Disney to our little cousins and, and our friends and, uh, you know, who have never been there before. So it's, we're kind of passing it along, you know? <laughs> so your first trip, you were, you were really young, but, um, you probably don't remember too much of that trip, but what is like some among some of your earliest Disney memories, if you have any specifically? Yeah, my my dad took so many photos and videos of being at the parks. And so I kind of I kind of would watch them when I got home because my dad would put them on VHS tape to relive those memories because my parents said 
after the first trip, I wouldn't stop talking about the trip for six months, like continuously. Like I knew exactly where we were and I kept pinpointing like the carousel and, and, you know, seeing Ariel. So they, we, we went back six months later and it just was one of those things where, you know, we, we had all these photos and videos. So we would, you know, just relive those memories, you know, smells, sounds, music, moments like kind of pop into my head when I was younger. Um, I think the millennium celebration was one of those key moments that I really remember. I loved the Tapestry of Nations parade and I just loved going through the Jeremy Irons Spaceship Earth. So those are two key prominent memories it, it, that come to mind when I think about my early days at the parks. Those are uh, two of our favorites as well. In fact, we have episodes about both of those. So you are uh, in good company here. Yeah. Oh, those were the days, weren't they? Yes. We uh, thankfully we have good archive. Like so that, that's the nice thing about, like, especially the late, the late '90s, early 2000s. That's when people really started like taking videos and posting them online. So at least yes, it's easy to go back and relive a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. You know, if you want, if you want so any earlier than that, you really rely on weird archival footage and restorations of like eight millimeters. So we were just in that. Remember the the DV we tapes, were, those we ones were... that are like the little tapes. We were like when, you know, DVDs were becoming of aid, like of something mm-hmm. that people really liked. And so it's really interesting. It's it's fascinating to me how things have changed um, since the 80s. And I, I didn't even think of that because a lot of those, you know, those tapes that Retro WDW, the podcast that they share, I keep forgetting there really weren't a lot of cameras back then. So it's just very interesting to see how that all panned out where now they had cameras in the 90s. <laughs> I forgot. Mm-hmm. So when you were growing up, did you have a um, a favorite attraction uh, that, that that was your must do, your rope drop, if you, if you would? Mm, I really loved Carousel of Progress. I loved Spaceship Earth. I love the Jeremy Irons Spaceship Earth. I know I love that. Um, I love seeing Voyage of the Little Mermaid. I love that show. I miss it a lot and I wish it would come back. Um and that's 90s. That's very 90s. That's like the thing from the 90s that's stuck with the Hollywood studios after all these years. So those are those are the things I, I really remember. Um, oh, Food Rocks, too. I loved Food Rocks. You remember Food Rocks, right? So I think we talked about this in the show, but that is one thing we actually somehow never did. What? It's the weirdest thing. Rocks? We just... For whatever reason, we just never in the entirety of us going since the like late 80s and onward, we never did it. I don't know why. I don't know why. I didn't do I didn't do Country Bear Jamboree for the first time until I was in college in like 2004. I don't know why. I just whoa, 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 whoa. I know it's weird. It's really weird. What is this, AJ? What is this? Who are you? And I don't I can't explain it. It's not like we like didn't have opportunities. It's just I don't know if like I don't know. I don't. I truly don't know why. But like, those are the two things we like always just kind of ended up skipping for some reason. So, like I said, I finally oh. saw Country Bears, and you still can to this day. But totally miss you know Food Rocks and, so and Kitchen Cabaret before you... that. I know. I know the songs. I know. I know the shows. Rocks. I just never saw it. I wow. never saw it. I want. Wait, so you just kind of would pass by it. Like I'm confused. Like you would just. I don't know because because right we because we did living with the land. So yeah, yeah I guess right we did. There. It was like literally it's right, right there. there. I don't know. I don't know. I truly <laughs> you don't guys know. Are crazy. You're we, crazy. We, well, they, I mean, we know that, but 
<laughs> it's okay. As long as you saw the video of it, that's all that matters to me. Right. Right. We know we 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 know the majority of the songs. That's good. That's good. Yes. I yes. I love Food Rocks. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and I, a lot of people are like Kitchen Cabaret. And I I get the charm of Kitchen Cabaret. I think the main charm is that veggie veggie fruit fruit song, which is one I covered for my album. <laughs> so I really I did like that song. It's very very catchy. So like I said in the beginning, you are not only are a big Disney fan, but you are a very talented singer. When did you first start getting into performing? Wow, um, I re- I loved watching. Again, it's going back to Disney, but I loved watching the cast members perform on the stages at the magic kingdom uh at the magic kingdom castle stage and i just wanted to be them so badly and my mom was like this girl wants to be on stage so badly let's put her in some you know shows so i would go to camps um i did a beauty and the beast camp i was mrs potts and i got to sing tales old as time i love that um and then my mom got me into community theater and i did oh can you hear me still Okay, yeah, my mic, my my ear pods are beeping. That means I'm gonna have to change to my regular uh, earbuds. Hold on, I thought oh, I good. had charged them. Hold on, you don't mind if we could cut this this out? Oh no, I can edit. Okay, okay, I'm so sorry. Hold on. All good, all good. This always happens to me. No matter what I do, I charge them. I had them all ready. So hold on, let's do this. Let's plug these in. Hold on, I gotta unplug these Bluetooth wise. Turn off. Okay. Disconnect. Okay, and let me take these out and switch. Okay, put this away. And awesome. Now let me see if I can hear you through my regular ones. Can you hear me right. through here? I hear you. Do you hear me? I cannot hear you. So hold on. I just have to switch the preferences. It's probably me. Hold on. Oh, good. Here. Yep, it's me. Hold on. <laughs> can you hear me now? Yes, you hear me. Oh, perfect. I can hear you. Yes, I can hear okay, you now. Okay, cool. Sorry. So, um, uh, so I went into community theater. I did Cinderella, ha- Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. Then I did Sound of Music and I just kept doing shows and I still do shows. And it's just like another wonderful outlet for me. I just love to perform and make people laugh and smile. So just something I fell in love with. And my mom kind of saw she she originally she had me take dance lessons when I was like four and I loved it. I was always in the middle because I knew the dance and I knew the song. <laughs> and then all the other girls would look at me. Um, so I loved it. So I'm so glad my mom kind of, she knew. And I think like she would always sing like Barbara Streisand songs to me. You know what I mean? Like she she loved musical theater just as much as anybody else I knew. So she, I, I, she really passed that along to me. And I'm so grateful she did because I just love it. I love Broadway. <laughs> well, you I know uh so you, you mentioned you're doing a production of Spam a lot right now, but do you have a uh, a favorite Broadway musical? Oh, it's so interesting you bring this up. So right before COVID happened, I was planning to go to New York City to go see a couple of shows and one of the shows I was going to see was like a preview of the new Diana musical about Princess Diana. Mm-hmm. And okay. then they came out with the Netflix version, which I watched with my mom because we just were obsessed with the royal family, as most American women are. And uh, <laughs> and that one has been such an earworm for me right now. I love just the music and how crazy and outlandish it is. But the the one of the regular ones that I really love is a Phantom of the Opera. Like I think you can't go wrong with that 
with that score. It's just so beautiful and probably Android Weber's best piece of work for sure. Yeah, we um gosh, we were pretty young. We saw that in Toronto the first time we went there. I want to say it was ten or twelve or something like that. But uh what year was that? Yeah. God, that was yeah, that would have been like yeah, like ninety four, ninety five, somewhere in there. I think we went. So, d- so did you see it with Col- uh, Colm Wilkinson? God, I can't even remember. I wouldn't. I wouldn't Nev- know. You know, Nev Campbell from Scream was in that production. Oh, really? Well, how she about was a ballerina. So yep, she was huh. a ballerina. If you, there's a behind the scenes feature at a documentary about the Canada production. You got to watch mm-hmm. it. It's really, really good. Um, and she's in it. Um, this is before she became, you know, who we know today, Sydney from right. Scream. Huh. That's wild. <laughs> Yes, Ooh, I know. I didn't go. know she was a dancer until um, yeah. I saw her in a musical called Reefer Madness that they filmed, which is really... I've heard of that. I've never seen it, but yeah. Oh, you'd love it. It's really ridiculous <laughs> and silly. Nice. And Alan Cummings in it. So you oh, can't well, go wrong with Alan yeah. Cumming. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you did something that I, I, it blows me away that, that how you pulled this off, but you, you released an album, which I think <laughs> is just insane that you do that. So... Tell me a little bit about how you kind of decide one day, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create and release my own album of, of Disney songs. Well, the first one you'll find me on Main Street. Um, I I really was inspired just by, you know, kind, I wanted to get back into the recording studio. I'd been in the recording studio before for other projects, and I just wanted to do my own album. So it was a digital only album. And I uh, got in touch with Disney, went through the proper channels, got the approvals for the songs, and I had a great time with it. You know what I mean? I learned a lot. I did it all by myself. Um, and I, ha- you know, I, I was producing the whole entire thing and I, you know, vocally did all the performances and I, I worked to grab, you know, to work with other individuals, not grab other individuals, but, you know, try to um, uh, get talented individuals to work with me on the album. So that was a, that was so much fun. I really enjoyed that. And it's been five years since the album. And the most asked question I get is when's the next one? And <laughs> I want a CD copy of the original. And I'm like, uh, well, can't really do that now. Um, would, would need a lot of funds to do that, but I would like to do uh, another album. Let's make this a CD copy. So that's what I decided to do um, last May of 2022. And it's now, oh my gosh, April of 2023. And the album was released just at the beginning of this month. And uh, and that that's some quick turnaround considering all the hard work and effort that everybody who worked on this album put in to make it possible. So um it's just been such a blessing, you know what I mean, to kind of find wonderful, talented people, work with them and, and put together a project. It's not just me, right? It's a mm-hmm. teamwork effort. But this is not produced by a studio or anything like it's a it's a it's a home based project. <laughs> but it doesn't. Yes, it's an indie project, but it doesn't sound like one. Let's just say that. No, no, it doesn't. So, I mean, that's that's what blows me away is is just the. um the tracks themselves, like the, the, the instrumentation, the actual music is really good. Like, how do you create that by yourself? So I have two wonderful, talented individuals, James Clark and Josh Freelich. And both of them do instrumentals. And James does the more orchestra, lush um, uh, ballads. While Josh likes, he he's a big Disney fan himself. And he likes the retro thing. So I, when I, you know, I gave him like veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit and the Canada song. And I, I I know I know what their what their loves are and what they really excel in. So 
we kind of worked together on a Zoom calls and just said, okay, this is what I, I told him. I said, this is what I'm hearing in my head because you kind of want to give each song its own personality, but you don't want to get, you don't want to make it a carbon copy of what it was, right? So mm-hmm. we want to give it each song their own personality. Um, and I give my presentation what I think it should be. And then they start working on it and they send it, they send me, you know, little samples and they're like, this is what we're thinking. And we kind of work together and collaborate to see what is the best sound, what's the best key and, 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 and how to, and what's the best speed, best, best tempo for the song. And, and we came out with what we had. So I really, I couldn't have done it without them either. Like they really gave personality to these songs um, at just as much as I did telling them what I thought I wanted to have for each one. And so like, I'm assuming it's kind of a mix of synthetic instruments and, and some real instruments in there. Yes. So, um, so veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, and we'll meet again, um, have a true, um, trumpet player. That's Vince, uh, uh, Tampio. And he came in and he recorded his parts on a separate day. I just met him like two weeks ago, actually. He had recorded his stuff back in November and just that those two songs needed to have a true real instrument. Everything else is all digital. Very cool. Yep. Does and sound then, real though. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, like I said, they they sound incredible. So I mean, the the the, the first track on your first album, which is a medley of, of Tomorrow's Child and um um ooh, brain farting, um, uh, New Horizons. This is from New the Horizons, first album. Yeah, yeah first, I I mean, uh, you'll you know, find me on first, Main Street. Yeah, yeah, first track, first album. Again, I think I saw it might have been one of the retro WW guys like posted it on Twitter. I'm like, okay, like like let me listen to this and just blown away because it's this phenomenally arranged medley of, of these two songs and i'm thinking like i mean this sounds like something disney put out like it, it has that much quality to it and uh you know like i said that that's what just got me like listening to the whole album and everything so it, it really was an incredible effort but what, what astounds me then as i continue listening is you have this just veritable who's who's list of these incredible collaborators on both albums so how do you track down people like you know, the original singer of two brothers and things like that to work with you on these albums. I think I have the benefit of, of having this podcast I've had for, you know, a long time since 2011. And, uh, I've met, you know, uh, in quotations, met so many people through the internet and have talked with them and stayed in touch with them all these years. And Ali Olmo, who was the original singer of two brothers in the American adventure, she was one of them. And she, um, was so sweet and so dear and we I just said to her I said hey I think it would be so much fun to have you come back and record the song and we we give it a different spin and she was on board with it and so it was great to have her come back for the second album and then with the singer of Tomorrow's Child the original singer of Tomorrow's Child Sally Stevens so the three of us sang the opening day song for Epcot we've just begun to dream so it's just the blessing of getting to meet all these wonderful individuals and staying in touch with them. And, and they know the quality of my work. So like I, I send it to, you know, I send them examples. So they know that this is something like a true project, you know, that I'm, I'm excited to work on. And, and I put 110% in anything I work on, you know what I mean? Like this, you know, this album might've gone over budget, but you, sometimes you have to, you have to put in more, to get the best quality out of it. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't cut corners is basically what I'm getting at. So that's just another reason I, I feel like what I do 
any project I work on is always elevated and always and always elevated by wonderful talent around me. And that's what makes me so lucky to be able to do this. <laughs> so I was going to bring up, you had your podcast, the Tiara Talk Show, now it's the Tammy Tucky Show. Um, I, I've just been astounded how you track people down for that show. You had two former cast members that you like met when you were a kid once and like track them down and got them on the show. I've joked that uh, <laughs> if, 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 if music doesn't work out, the FBI uh, might be hiring, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, like I said, you, so you, you've been doing the show. How, when, how long have you been doing it? That's been a number of years, like six yeah, or 2011, seven? Uh, 2011, 2011. Oh, God, I've been that. doing wow, it. Wow. That's, yeah. that's crazy. I was 14 so, um, when we started it. Yep. Wow. Just so, a baby. <laughs> what are what are in your opinion? What are some of your favorite kind of notable guests that you've had on that show? I've loved them all. You know, I, I just an <laughs> honor to speak to them. Debbie Reynolds, who I'm named after, the, her song Tammy, like that was just a joy um, and a frightening experience for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet the person I'm kind of named after. So that was that was great. Um, as you said, individuals I've. I've that are in my home videotapes uh, because I've n- interviewed so many cast members and I send them clips, you know, all the time. I'm like, is this you? Is this you? Do you know who this is? They'll be like, oh, no, no, it's not me, but it's my friend, this person, this person. And that's how that all comes to be. So one of them was uh, Emma Jacobs, who um, was best friends with Meg from Hercules. And she's on my tape and she's on, it's on YouTube. The clip is on YouTube if you want to see it. And, um, and she, she's, she's so awesome. She's so sweet. And, um, and somebody who's actually featured in the booklet of the album, um, Robert Jones, who was Phoebus at the Hunchback of Notre Dame show at Disney's MGM studios. And uh, there's a photo of him in the booklet with myself and my sister and my mom. And I, I asked it for his approval to have it in the, in the book. And he's like, of course, of course. So um, what, what a cool thing, you know, that was from, gosh, that was 23 years ago, that photo was taken. So, you know, it just, it's just a joy to, to be able to reconnect with people that made a difference in my life as a kid and, and send them these clips, because I don't think, I don't think they really get that that's very rare that you can be able to co- connect with somebody after all these years. And I have just been lucky because I I've interviewed so many wonderful cast members. I had a cast member corner segment of my podcast, the Tierra talk show where it was just featuring the cast members um, because I think that they are the reasons they are the main reasons these parks are so successful in my opinion. So just a, just a blessing to be able to reconnect with them after all these years, you know? And uh, there was one very special thing that you've kind of spearheaded. Um, and I, I'm here to publicly concede. I used to think I was the biggest fan of Atlantis, the lost empire in the world. Uh, but I, I, I can admit I am at least number two because you did an incredible job celebrating that film's 20th anniversary and just getting so many <laughs> cast members and, and, and crew and producers. And you, know, you had all the directors and tab and Don Hahn on there Um that was a year-long so fun thing, right? It, it was, it so, was, it was so fun. There was so much good stuff you were posting. So <laughs> I, I am curious because I always find it interesting people like that movie because no one liked it 20 years ago, but now everyone does. How did you come into to that movie? I, I watched it as a kid. I, I loved it. I loved them. Them I loved Tarzan, Emperor's New Groove, Treasure Planet, and Atlantis. Those were my films that I felt like I grew up with because they came out during my time. You know what I mean? Like I was born in 96. 
So it they they all came out roughly around that time. And, you know, I just remember um I remember like glimpses of things. Like I remember there was like a little bit of Treasure Planet at the Disney's animated um section that the the magic of disney animation building i remember Mm -hmm. they showed us cgi merged with traditional animation because that was a thing that they were testing out and working on which is beautiful it was it was it was amazing um i remember going to see those movies in the theater i remember playing them on vhs tape and i guess it's and and i'm such a musical person so people are like they don't even have songs in them and i'm like a story doesn't need to have songs with it to be a great story. And so I just, it, it was so great because I've known so many of these individuals for over 10 years now from Atlantis because I've interviewed them over the course of 10 years. So it, it was, it was, I think it was like the perfect storm of COVID happened. Nobody could see each other and it was just a disastrous time. And this bit of happiness for all of us, especially that big group page, I think you're a part of, where there's like 30,000 of us on there now, which grew because it was originally like 6,000 of us at the beginning. And then Tab Murphy, who was one of the screenwriters, joined. And then we had more people from the film join and then it just became this thing. It's like its own entity. So just to, just a joy. And I run the fan page for it. And I still do. I try to post like twice a month and you know, just keep it updated. But we did like a 365 day countdown. Well, not we, I did. <laughs> so every day um, I would share something new about the film and it's on uh, Atlantis is waiting 2021. If you type that in on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, you can go through the 365 days of posts that I made just to kind of, you know, refer back to the film and how it was made. Like I learned so much along the way too. And uh, it was such, it was so, it was really great. And then I got to meet a lot of them this past September because we did a meetup finally in person because I was there for the Disney Expo. So we got to do a great meetup of many of us together. And it was just so great, you know, after 10 plus years of knowing everybody, finally meeting them in person and thanking them in person is just one of those things you just, a memory you just keep forever. So let's talk a little bit more about the the new album, Glowing in Timeless Places. You know, if we, if, I feel like if we did like every song, we'd be here all night. But there's a few I kind of wanted to <laughs> to call out because I really like them and I think they're interesting. How like what you put into them. So yeah. one little spark is really cool. First of all, because I just thought you're going to do just you know the song like you kind of hear on all the Disney albums, but you kind of recreate the experience of being on the attraction in its original incarnation. And yes. you have a very special uh, performer doing the part of the Dreamfinder. That's Patrick Richwood. Talk a little bit about Patrick and how you guys uh, came to work on this together. Yeah, Patrick and I knew each other. We had done a couple of interviews. Again, I've known him for 10 years now um, because the first time I met him was in 2013 in a show he was in in New York. We went to go see him. He's just so sweet. And I knew him as the White Rabbit from Adventures in Wonderland. So um watched that as a kid growing up and on VHS tape. And so um, I was at a I was in a stupor because I had to record the song and I was freaked out because I was like, this song is so iconic. People are expecting it to be great. And I didn't want to do both parts. I thought that that was just not a good idea. Um, So I wanted to I was like, who could who could sing this part and, and make it their own? And I just thought of Patrick because he is such he's such a great singer, first of all. And second of all, he is so great at making characters. I've seen all of his characters. We've all seen all of his characters over the years. So 
And um, so I, 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 you know, I called him up. I said, what do you think? And he's like, I've never heard of the song before. I've never written the attraction, but I'm willing to learn it, you know, and let's do it. So we, and that was actually even better because he only listened to the original as needed. And then he listened to my um, test, you know, test copy of it where I sang that part of Dreamfinder for him to kind of use as he needed. And uh, and so he wasn't he didn't need to think of the original to base it off of anything, which is great because I don't want that. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and and I was I was fake, you know, as figment, I didn't want to do Billy Barty or oh gosh, what's his name? Who's doing it now? He's one of the Muppet uh, puppeteers. I'm bl- I'm blanking, but he's. Oh, I think it was, but 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 actually, I don't know if you saw so AJ Lacascio, who um was on this show before. He just played Figment for the new uh, Disney uh, Speed Storm game that just came out. Really? And uh, hopefully he'll be doing the voice going forward, it turns out. <gasps> that's awesome. Well, hopefully there's right? more Figment to that's, watch. Uh, that, and that's what he's open to, right? So oh now we had two performers who played Figment on this show. So I'll, I'll, I'll take that awesome. as a good sign. Oh, that's so cool that you got to talk to him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So and 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 it was interesting. I sent an email to Disney and I said, hey, so obviously the the track the original track that was released with billy barty and chuck mccann is the one opening scene of creating figment and that's it um and 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 it then just doing it again is just seems like repetitious and let, let can we do the lyrics that are in the attraction and and luckily they said yes so i, I was at a loss for words because i was like i was thrilled they said that because that changed the whole dynamic of the song for us and i and i I think it just makes it so much more unique because i don't even know if anybody's done a cover of that song like not not just as an instrumental i'm saying like as a cover cover i don't think anybody Mm -hmm. has done any of these songs i've never seen or heard if they have you know what i mean um an official track so so that was just how that song came to be and it 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 came together and i i have no like i'm so thrilled with how well it came together i'm like Mm -hmm. yes finally (laughs) so you talk about like the kind of permissions you have to get from disney and i i told mike i'd bring this up because he was very proud of himself at the time but you 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 know when you were getting this project off the ground you you're out on twitter and you you wanted to do a sunny eclipse song but it had to be something that had been released publicly on an album or something like that and and mike was yes immediately was like oh no bright little star was on one let me find the album and, and you guys went back and forth on twitter about it yes he um, did he helped me with that oh so what is, so is that is that like the rule that like it has to be like a published recording for like the kind of rights to work out is that is that the Correct. kind of gist of it yep okay. it has to have been previously published to cover it so there's only two sunny eclipse songs that have ever been published which is bright little star and a planetary boogie so so uh obviously we already have a lot of uh dancing and you know woo, 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 songs you know going on and happening on the album so i wanted to do a regular ballad which was just a ballad with a piano boom that's it you know what i mean and right little star i'd interviewed cal david the voice of sunny eclipse at the beginning when my my show transitioned from tiara talk to the tiara talk show in 20. 20- 13 and he is such a sweet man and that was his favorite sunny eclipse song i think it's also his wife's as well and it's probably the only song that sunny sings that doesn't really have any like puns or anything it's just a truly 
a mm-hmm. song about you know love and George Wilkins wrote it and I know George Wilkins uh, got to meet him last year at the retro WDW show um podcast you know ma- retro magic event and it was it was a wonderful time because he's done such classic pieces you know from food rocks to the living with the land to the country bear jamboree so he he's he's been in it too so it was wonderful to to cover that number as well and and cal passed away last year so it 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 holds another holds another piece in my heart for him as well too and that's why the album is dedicated to him and is also he is featured his pictures featured in the booklet of the cd very nice so your hellfire track was really cool and i as i saw it on the list i was like <laughs> i wonder how she'll handle it because you kind of you kind of gendered bend it a little bit like uh that's right was, yes was that like was that like like always from the beginning the plan or is that something you kind of came into Oh yes, I I I I wanted to do that. Yes, I think you you got to give it a new spice. So you have the angel of music, you have the angel of death. You have two different angels singing, right? Um, and I really wanted to give it a little bit of a different taste. So yes, I asked Disney for the permission to do that as well too, and they said, "Go ahead, go for it." So I did it, <laughs> and I love it. I I, I think. I, and I've always wanted to do that song in particular. I think it's one of the best Disney villain songs of all time. And to cover it, that was that was tough to sing. It was it's a very vocally challenging. So kudos to Tony J for nailing that one uh, for Disney because it, it is hard. I'm going to skip around a little bit. The, the final track in the album is Main Street USA. And you actually have Stu Nunnery, who is the original songwriter, joining you for it. And yeah, I was kind of doing some research before you and I talked and I started reading about Stu Nunnery and he's got an incredible story. Um, do you, you know a little bit about it? You want to kind of talk about kind of Stu's journey and, and, and where his life took him? Yes. Well, why don't, why don't you, you, you probably, why don't you tell the story a little bit and I'll, I'll add so, it as well as we go. <laughs> so basically he, um he did this song and he was working on, on some, uh, some, some kind of like country, I guess, music and, uh, started getting really bad tinnitus and uh, basically was losing the ability to hear. Uh, he just had all these medical issues that kind of were starting to force him out of music. And from what I, I've, I've read, like like in recent years, like, you know, he kind of got the treatment he needed. Um, some people started discovering who he was and, and the work he'd done. And it's kind of brought him back into performing, which I think is just an incredible story for him. Oh, my gosh. I Yeah. I, I and, and for Stu particularly uh i had he had he and i got to just do an interview probably re- really recently like in past two years and he was sending me his songs and he's such beautiful music you have to listen to his other beautiful written song beautifully written songs you know so this was just one of those songs that that uh, had legs and kept walking and still walks down main street technically <laughs> and plays on main street and i i just did not want to do this one without him so um, he got to record it at a, at a, at his house, actually. One of his friends records music and they recorded him singing the song and and we put our voices together. And I just I love it. I think he does such a great job. It sounds great. And I just told him, I'm like, I want to sing with you in person one of these days. <laughs> the last one I was kind of really going to bring up um, is Cinematic. And this one surprised the bejesus out of me because and I, <laughs> I I read the press release you sent out before the album came out and I kind of forgot the details around this one. 
I knew it had to do with Cinemagic, which, yeah, I've never been to Paris. I never saw the show, but my brother Mike was there. He saw it and he made Chris and I watch a YouTube video of it. And we were just blown away. Like, how does this exist? This is so Thank cool. you. That's what that's what right? I said when I first saw it, like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. It's exactly yeah, the same thing I said. I was like, right? what the heck is what this? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm listening to your song and I'm like, this must have been like, a pre-show or post-show thing that I didn't know about um, that goes along with the show. And then I went and reread my press release and I was like, oh, she wrote this? Like, wow. Because <laughs> it's, uh, I, I mean, no other way to put it, it's a very emotional piece. Like, I found it very, very moving as I'm listening to it. And uh, it's it's like this really cool combination, like narrative and and music and, and, and everything. So you know, talk about like kind of what inspired you to, to write this and how you went about it. Well, that film, when I first saw it, I was like, what did I just watch? And I think I watched it like five times after because I just didn't know. I was like, what is this? And it's called Cinemagique. Um, it, it, there's actually somebody uh, posted uh, a clear cut version of the actual visuals from the film on um, on YouTube. You have to see it if you've never seen it before. And don't read into it. You want to be surprised. But basically the premise is that Martin Short is a character who's in the audience with you um, as you are watching this film that's going to pay, pay tribute to movies. And he answers a phone call and he's talking during the movie and the movie characters suddenly realize this and zap him into the movie right in front of your eyes. And then he has to figure out how to get out of the movie <laughs> back to earth. And um, he finds love along the way meets a couple of classic cinema characters that we all know and love or hate. Um, and uh, it was it, it's just such an inspiring piece. I've never seen it in person. I've only seen it um, online and actually through, uh, uh, you know, a, a different, you know, display of, of the film. And um, and I always wanted to see it in person. I'm just so sad they kind of took it, took it away and never brought it here to the States. I think it would have been so successful, especially at the France Pavilion. I think they could have swapped out both the French film and Cinemachique and still had them both playing. Anyway, but regardless, I wanted to, it never had an official theme song. Um, Bruce Broughton worked on the soundtrack, which is brilliant as well, too. And you can listen to that online. Um, but there was no theme song. So I was like, I'd like to make a story similar, like it pays tribute to the film, but it has its own little own little journey. So it's about um, a woman who goes to a movie theater very late at night, you know, and nobody's there. She's in her own movie theater. And suddenly the hero of the film kind of extends his arm through the screen and she takes his hand and magic happens. So um, it, it's it's a really great like I, I was really proud of writing it. I was very nervous because I write songs, but I don't publish them or share them. And so this is the first one I've shared since my original piece I wrote back in 2015 after the end of the story. And um, I was just kind of nervous. I didn't know how people would, would it would would it would accept it. And I performed it two weeks ago in person for the first time ever. And I think like people not in a good way didn't know what to do like they clapped at the end but they were like waiting for the story to continue which was really great so they really enjoyed it and uh that's what i kind of aimed for so i'm so glad you got it like you got what i was trying to <laughs> what i was trying to deliver with the song <laughs> and i'll just say i really like i see you because i really like that song and i think you do a really good job that's my dad's favorite too he's like it's so good i'm like 
I love it too. It grows on you because I don't like Avatar. I'm not a big fan of the film, but I love Pandora. And that theme is in throughout the entire, you know, background loop and both of the, you know, both of the rides. So I, I do enjoy it. It grows on you. And, and it was like a different take on it, like a 90s version of a James Horner song. So it was it was definitely a treat. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who unironically like Avatar. So, yeah, I was very excited <laughs> to see that on the list. Well, there you go. You know what? <laughs> right? Each their own. And that's OK. <laughs> there you go. So, of course, I'm sure you've already been asked this. So I'll ask it, too. Do you think uh, a third album might be on the horizon one day? <laughs> Oh, everybody wants to ask about that. I I would love to. Um, I think I need to budget a little bit better next time. <laughs> um, but I would love to. I already have an idea in mind. Um, but let let's see where we go from here. I I'm, I want to kind of like you know promote this album. We worked a whole year on it, and we had such wonderful Indiegogo supporters. I appreciate all of their help. Um, but I want to see like where we can go. With this album, um, you know, the dream for me is to be signed as an artist. I would love to write my own music. I would love to tell more stories. I think songs are are the gateway to a good story. And I, I've worked in in healthcare for for a long time now, and and uh, I can tell you, singing for my residents, you know, music, you know, whether you're you have Alzheimer's or dementia, or you know, you're you know, you're, you're, you know, you're just getting a little bit older. Music seems to bring all of us back to, uh, you know, back to a place of comfort and remembrance and, and just a happy moments in general. And I, I would love to, to create music that would do that for future generations. Like that would be quite the honor. So, um, let's let's hope maybe Mr. Bob Iger might give me a call and say, hey, you know, that's the dream. Um, but <laughs> I digress. Uh, who knows what will happen? But <laughs> but no. But yes, I, I have an idea. But we got to see what happens with this one. We, I was on six ABC News, which was great to promote the album. Woo, 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 woo. Um, but you, you never know. Uh, I could get a call one day and it could change my life. I hope so. That would be great. You know. Would the fates fates help a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've been on 90s Disney, so the sky's the limit for me. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad <laughs> finally I got on this show. I've been waiting last, for years. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tammy, I can't thank you enough for coming on, chatting with me tonight. It's been an absolute blast and a privilege. So uh, again, congrats Aww, on the album. Um the album is available now on uh, Tammy's website, which I'll link to. And it, it you don't have to buy it. You can stream it on like Spotify and Apple Music and everything, correct? Absolutely. You can you can buy a digital copy. You could stream it or you can buy the CD. If you're a physical media person, which I hope most of you are, um, you can go to my website at TammyTucky.com slash order. And you can order a CD copy. And if you'd like me to sign it, I'd be happy to do that too. Just write that in the notes when you check out. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's just a pleasure to be able to be on your show tonight. Thank you so much for having me. And, and if anybody wants to check out the podcast, I'm going to be back with live with my podcast, the Tammy Tucky show at the end of May. Um, you can check it out at youtube.com slash Tammy Tucky. And I'll post more about that on Twitter and Instagram at Tammy Tucky or Facebook singer Tammy Tucky. Um, and you'll find out who my next coming guests are, which I think you'll like the first one a lot. But I, I can't, I can't really spoil anything just yet.
(laughs) (laughs) We will all look very forward to that. Tammy, thanks again. Have a great night. You too, AJ. Thank you.